another white boy with a podcast. Pronouns, Jim Bro, another white boy with a podcast. Do you want to see the video? It went viral. Hi, Gains Gurus, and welcome to TMGP, the Muscle Growth Podcast, Episode 6. I am your host, Roscoe, and today we are welcoming Ninja Warrior Jenny McCall onto the show. Jenny is an actress, dancer, and competitive athlete in both Ninja Warrior and swimming. She began her career in New York City as a dancer in the hit Broadway show Pippin in 1974, then transitioned into the commercial world and did over 100 national and regional commercials throughout the 70s and 80s. After a 20-year hiatus to raise her family and work in radio, Jenny rekindled her acting career in retirement in Southport, North Carolina, and also began strength training, inspired by her daughter, Jessie Graf, who has gone farther than any female on American Ninja Warrior. At 63 years old, Jenny did her very first pull-up and later competed on American Ninja Warrior Season 9, 10, and 15, making history at age 71 as the oldest person to complete an obstacle. She was named the oldest competitive female ninja athlete in the 2024 Guinness World Record book. Ginny continues to compete regionally in ninja competitions and local, state, and national swim meets. She also appeared as Evelyn, one of Diane Keaton's eight cheerleaders in the movie Poms, Dorothy in USS Christmas on Hallmark's movie, and Mysteries Channel Agnes Miller in Stars Fell on Alabama, Beverly in And Just Like That, and Mau Mau in You Are Cordially Invited. In today's episode, we can look forward to advice from Jesse Graf, discussions about it never being too late or too old to start your fitness journey, slow but continuous progress, the importance of pull-ups, Ninja Warrior, Woman Lifting Weights, Discipline and Commitment, Strength Being Ageless, and Movement Being Key. Given that brief glimpse into Jenny's extraordinary life, let's jump right into the show. Hi Jenny. Hey, good to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on. Can you briefly introduce yourself and your journey into the world of Ninja Warrior? Well, it's it's not a brief story because I'm 72 years old, so I have a lot of history that, that brought me to where I am right now. But I would say very first, I was a dancer, and I went to New York to be a professional dancer. And I stopped that when I was around 30 years old. I had two children and you know married, had two children, and lived in New York City. And then I transitioned to doing commercials. Uh, playing the housewife and mom in many different, you know, uh, commercials like for Jordache or um, uh, Folgers, uh, Mr. Clean, all these um, major uh, network commercials, which was a great way to um, have a life. So I kind of transitioned from uh, being a dancer to being an actress and moving on to doing a Broadway show called Pippin in 1970. Six, starting in 1973 and going to like 1976 in that time period. And from there, I actually got a divorce. And so I became a single mother, which was a hardship and an obstacle in its own way. And from there, uh, I moved on and having a dream to always get back to, to acting. So my second love after dance was acting. So I knew that it wouldn't happen right away, that I could get back to it. But I thought, even if I was a granny, I would be sure to somehow find a way to get back into my true love, which was acting. And when I retired, that's what I did. And that's when I discovered Ninja through my daughter. She uh, is one of the top Ninja warriors in the show American Ninja Warrior and has gone the farthest of any female when it comes to completing uh, uh, different stages. And I saw her, and I saw how beautiful she looked and how healthy she looked, and she had muscles, and she flew through the air, and I was there cheering her on, always cheering her on. But I looked at her, and I went, 
I want to get stronger. And in my generation, in my day, women were not encouraged to lift weights. I didn't have the upper body strength. Dance gave me strength in a different way, but it certainly wasn't upper body, you know, strong muscles. Uh, so I looked at her and I said, I want to get stronger. And she said many different things, but what stuck in my mind was do pull-ups. So I tried as hard as I could to do pull-ups. I got the bar and I put it in the, you know, the closet, which was uh, in between the, the door frame. And I worked on it and worked on it. And I sent her a video and she said, oh, mom, I love what you're doing and how hard you're working on this, but that's not a real pull-up. A real pull-up is when you get your chin over the bar and when you go all the way down to your arms are straight. So I went to a personal trainer because I knew this was not going to happen. And you don't just work on, you know, pull-ups. You've got to strengthen the chest and the back and the arms and the shoulders and all around. So it took me about seven months before I really started to see any definition. And people noticed. And that was that was fun. That kept me going. You know, I think you need you need to see something. And I think that's why so many people stop early. But I didn't get a pull-up until an entire year had gone by. And in the meantime, you know, I did more lifting and more strengthening and, and leg work. Uh, what we call it is push-pull and leg day. So you're all around getting stronger. And that sort of led me to ninja. So is that brief enough? <laughs> no, it's fantastic. And that's such a great intro. What age were you when you did your first pull-up? Well, I started working on it when I was 63. I don't think I got it until I was 64. And I went on American Ninja Warrior when I was 65. And I could only do... Um, a few pull-ups at that point. I certainly wasn't ready to be on American Ninja Warrior, but I tried. <laughs> Once I was there, I was committed. <laughs> and then I see at 69, you did your first uh, salmon ladder. I did. That was such an accomplishment wow. for me because it seems to me that that is the hardest thing to accomplish. And it eluded me. And I kept trying and trying and trying. I tried in a smaller way so I wasn't having to lift so far up and I tried and it, it that took me forever to get the first one and then forever to go to the second one because you're high up and I didn't have a harness or anything to get started on and I was on an outdoor course so you don't really have pads and a lot of you know you have mattresses but then that can be its own danger too so yeah that was that, and that's a hard one to keep consistent on, like pull-ups. If you don't, you know, continually do them over time, you know, you lose that that um, muscle development, that know-how to to do it again. That mind-muscle connection. Yes. <laughs> so, what was going through your mind when you got it the first time? Oh, I think I, I screamed and I kicked and I jumped up and down and I uh, was like, I did it. <laughs> uh, it was dramatic. Wow. I, I always used to watch, um, I don't know if you know the show, That Green Arrow. Um, Oliver Queen, he always did that in the intro. He did the salmon ladder and I was always like, I want to, that's so cool. Yeah. That's epic. And now you've done it. You're now the real, um, the, the real Green Arrow. In real life. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I went to a competition recently and they had the salmon ladder as the first obstacle, which is what? Yes. That's but so, yeah. I was I was um, you know, just warmed up and I wasn't exhausted after doing six obstacles. So in a way, it turned out good for me. So I only had to do two rungs to get to the next step. Um, and I was able to just do one wrong and then go on. And they're going, hey, you got one, just do another. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to tempt fate. I don't want to fall on the first obstacle <laughs> again. So so how does that work? Sorry, I don't know the rules of Ninja Warrior. How does it work? Like um, you said, you only had to do the first two. What? Why is that? How does the different obstacles work? In American Ninja Warrior, you go from one obstacle to another, and it generally starts with some kind of steps, generally, not always, 
And there are like six different obstacles and they get harder as time goes on. And some of them have to do with balance. So in um, American Ninja Warrior, if you fall, you're done because you fall in the water and that's it. So, you know, that's as far as you get to go. Um, in regional competitions, some of them are that way. They have a lot of different uh, rules and regulations. And I like the ones where you get to keep going and they're point-based. So if you fall on an obstacle, like a third obstacle, then you just don't get the points for it and you go on to the next one. So you get a chance to continue on. And that's the kind I like the, the most because, you know, you've traveled to get to a competition and you've spent money to be in the competition and you want to get a chance to get on the obstacles. So, And you've been training and all of that and then you have one slip up and, and you're over. That's that, that's very difficult and, and challenging to overcome. That. Yeah. No, it's not easy. <laughs> I, I believe that you did overcome that in season nine. I think that you... Um, that you fell in one of the obstacles and then you came back because you have a very supportive husband who believed in you and said that you're going to come back and do it. And I believe you did it two more times after that. That is correct. Um, I fell on the first obstacle two times, season nine and 10. Season nine, I barely could do uh, pull-ups. And it was, I remember getting right up there when they go three, two, one, boop, and you go. And I just went, what am I doing here? Because it's over water and the steps were far apart and they were on an incline. So it was like, it was like, what have I done? <laughs> but you have to go and try it. And my foot slipped on one of the steps and I was in the water and I, I was like, I this couldn't have happened. I felt like I had you know, let everybody down, my family, my friends, all seniors, everything. It was just devastating. And I, it took me a long time to get over that. I kept reliving it. Like if you've ever been in a car accident, you just keep hearing the sound of the metal crashing. You just keep feeling the water and the slip and how did it happen? And it went over and over. And then when the show came on, on air, on TV, um, they didn't show me, which I was grateful for, but I saw all these athletes doing that obstacle and they made it look so easy and it really wasn't. It's not as easy as they make it look. So then I went through the whole season watching it going, oh my gosh, and just, but yes, my husband, he says, you'll, you'll do it again. And I'm like, why, why do you think I'll do it again? And he goes, because you can and my daughter also was very instrumental in it. She said, don't let one fall define you. Look how far you've come. Look how strong you've got. And, you know, I really dwelt on that a lot. Like, yeah, I enjoy it. And I know I can do it. So I practiced and practiced and practiced. And I did it the following year after having practiced those steps over and over again. And I fell again. And... This time I wasn't as mad at myself because I went, I've, I've practiced for this. Something is, is uh, my legs are just not strong enough. And so from there, I tested obstacles for other regions on American Ninja Warrior. So I was able to get on the obstacles. And I discovered that just one of my legs was far weaker than the other. And if I pushed off the same leg going to each of the steps, then I was able to get through it okay. So I learned a lot, and plus testing the obstacles for American Ninja Warrior was a great time because you don't have the pressure, and you can, you can get up there and do it several different times. So that was a great experience for me, but it took me another like five years before I did it again. Yeah, I, that time I did finish the, the first obstacle, which was very different. Now, see, they usually keep the, the same obstacle for several years. Like they had the steps that I fell on for several years and then they switched it to a different type of step. So you jump to the, t you leap through the steps and then you grab a rope and you uh, swing to a platform. I had that down packed, but in season 15, when I just did it this past year, they changed it so totally different. It was like a pole vault where you jump on a mini tramp to a pole and the pole goes down to a platform. So you have to climb very fast in order to reach the platform. 
So now I'm not, that's not something I've practiced a lot in my, my past. I'm not a gymnast, never have been. I don't know how to do mini tramps that well. So I tried to practice that the day before, um, having gotten wind of, of kind of what it was about. You're not able to see the obstacles before you go on them. You can't touch them or anything or you're, you're out. So um, you just try to think best of how to work on the mini tramp. And so I was able to get to the pole from the mini tramp, but not high enough. So I had to really, 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 you know, climb very fast. And I was able to reach to the platform and go to the second obstacle. And is that what your Guinness World Record was? Was completing the fir that first obstacle and being the oldest person to, or oldest, is it oldest person or oldest female to complete a um, obstacle at American Ninja Warrior? It was, I am the oldest person to complete oh. an obstacle on American Ninja Warrior, which was, I didn't know it at the time. If I'd known it, I probably would have been more nervous about it because I, I thought maybe I was, could have been the oldest female, but I certainly didn't know I was the oldest uh, person. Um, but no, that was not the Guinness record at all because um, I, I, I was talking to my daughter. I was like, I don't understand how they got me at 70, 70 years old because I did American Ninja Warrior, Warrior for the first time when I was 65. So where did they come up with 70? And she's like, Mom, this isn't American Ninja Warrior. This is the world. And it suddenly dawned on me that this was huge. This was the entire world. And they get that information from these leagues that we do. We have World Ninja League. We have, and those are separate from American Ninja Warrior, which is a TV show um, where you need skill and personality. And it's, it's made up of different different things entirely. But for the Guinness Book of World Records, it was uh, the oldest female in a ninja competition in the world. Wow, that's absolutely incredible. I was. Congratulations. Thank you. I was, you know, it's, it brought me to possibly you and people all over the world. I've spoken to TV stations in, in um, London and in uh, Mexico. I've talked to podcasts in India and now South Africa. And it's, so it's been a whirlwind to see it really people and and women in, in general who have the same problems I did, that we weren't encouraged to lift weights. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all the same, even though we're all different all over the world, uh, trying to deal with health and fitness and diet and sleep and, and how to get stronger. Can you go more into detail about those um, factors you just mentioned about diet, sleep, um, training in the gym, that kind of thing? Well, as a senior, it's very difficult to get enough sleep because you wake up all the time and then you can't get back to sleep. So it's a very difficult thing. I'm sure a lot of people have the same kind of issues. So it's it's my goal to get at least seven hours of sleep. And if I can't do that, I'll have to take... I want to take a nap but there are some days where you know you just are exhausted the next day and you just have to try your best to get through it so sleep is you you want to get enough deep sleep so you get and and REM sleep so you get your mental and your physical recovery time especially if you're doing a lot of exercise um, so sleep is very important hydration is key and that's something I don't think I ever did growing up because um well, I mean, as a child, that's a different story. But as you get, you know, as a dancer, we didn't walk around with water bottles like you're taking out right now. <laughs> we didn't do that. You know, it was coffee in the morning. We just didn't take care of it. We didn't know uh, to do that. So that's a good, that's a good, I've got mine right here. <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Yeah, and it's hard to get all that uh, water during the day and to get the electrolytes. So it's not just plain water, but sometimes you need to find the... It, and you know what? All those drinks that they have out there, they have things in them that are not necessarily what you want to be putting in your body. That's a whole different issue, but like sucralose or uh, erythritol are in 
tons of drinks and I see those and I go, I can't have that. And so it's very difficult to find the right kinds of hydration to have. Um, what else? You were talking about diet. Okay, that's a big issue because so many people have different ways and things and issues they're dealing with their bodies. I can only tell you from myself what I've gone through. And it's, it's basically to get a half a plate of protein, a half a plate of vegetables. That's, that's it in a nutshell. I do a lot of fish. I, I live on the coast in North Carolina and the U.S. And so I'm able to get fresh fish. And that is really my biggest staple. And I'll tell you what brought me to that was um, I have heart disease in my family. My mother had 11 stints in, different, in her arteries. My brother has recently just had five stints put in. So I um, was very cognizant about how that would affect me. And in one of the tests that I had, they, they said that in my carotid, I had 50 to 70% occluded plaque. All I heard was 70%, and that terrified me. And actually, when they do the, the test, you can, you can see it. I could watch it. I could see that clump of plaque in there, and it just terrified me. So they sent me to a vascular surgeon, and he said, uh, they, re-read, they read it wrong. Um, you know, we don't worry about this until it's 80%. I'm like, what? I, is there nothing I can do? No, no, there's nothing you can do. And I'm like, whoa. And I, I read this book where... I had to be very careful about everything that I ate. It was called Prescription for Life. And that is a whole different thing that a lot of people would probably not want to do, but because of the issues I was dealing with, which was I stopped meat, all red meat. I stopped all dairy. I tried to stay away from <clears throat> saturated fats or anything that had cholesterol in it. And... um I know sodas, but that wasn't a problem. I never had sodas, very little sweets. And, you know, I love ice cream, so that was really difficult for me. <laughs> so um, there was nothing in the house to eat, really. So it was a, a, a period of transition where I really, I went on that diet for two years. It was a strict diet. And so I went back to the vascular surgeon. They did another test, and they said it was 40%. Um, and I'm like, okay, so... Was that how you read the report? Was that the machine that you used? or um, And was it diet? And she said it was probably all three things. So I've modified that now. So I still have mostly fish and you know, turkey, chicken, whatever. And I'll, I will have meat. I think it's, it's a good protein builder for exercise. But I only have it like maybe once a month. Um, and the same thing with dairy. I don't have dairy, but if I'm at somebody else's house and they use butter, I'm not going to like shove it aside. You know, I, I don't have a, an allergy to these things. I just try to stay away from them as much as possible. So my diet is, uh, is I'll, I'll use uh, cashew milk instead of regular milk. I use, um, you know, some of the yogurts and ice cream that uses oat milk or cashew milk or, or various things like that. And I, I feel good. I feel energetic, and it works for me. I have nothing against the carnivore di- diet. I, have, I don't quite understand it, but I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, so um, you know, I, I, I think all of those have their, their pluses. And uh, depending on what you need in your life, I guess you'll know. If things aren't working well, you you'll know. So that. And so your diet's uh, so. Yeah, so, so that's pretty. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So your diet, you'd say, is based on your health first, and then performance secondary. Yes, definitely, definitely health first. I had to think about that for a minute. Um, and performance with all the protein. That was one of the hardest things when I started uh, preparing for the first Ninja Warrior. Was how do I get enough protein? And uh, so it's difficult. I try to get one gram per body weight. So I, I try to get about 120, 125 grams of protein a day. And that's not easy because in each meal, you might have 25, 35 grams of protein in a meal. And so that's not going to get you there. 
um, to start with, I, I got those bars that you have that are supposed to be high protein. And then I saw all the sugar in them. And I, I was like, that's, I, I don't want to replace it with that. So I, I find different ways of, of getting that protein in that fourth meal. Um, that's, that's really important. So you're right. Um, health first and, and exercise fitness second. So did you say protein one gram per pound of body weight? That's what I said. Yeah. That's what I work towards. That, that's perfect. If you're getting that, that's been shown in lots of studies to be optimal and great for your muscles, great for your health. So that's, that's exactly where you want to be. That's what I like to hear. Um, in terms of health, I believe that you were diagnosed with, um, I'm probably going to butcher it, but osteopenia. That's it. Osteopenia. Is that correct? All right. Osteopenia okay. is a step before osteoporosis. So when I started lifting weights, I mean, you do read, you know, they do say lifting weights helps with the bone mass. And so when I went for my first bone density test after lifting weights, I was just so ecstatic, like, oh, I wonder if this is going to change anything. And I asked the technician and she said, no, she's never seen that happen before, only with medicines, uh, the uh, statins. And I'm like, hmm. But the report came back and it had reversed statistically significant changes, it, the, the report read, and it was back to normal. So I can't say that that's going to continue all my life as I age, because, I mean, the studies say that you lose one to two percent of your um, uh, bone mass per year after age 50. Um, I think it's like, yeah, so, I don't know that I can continue that, but I'm so far so good. And I can't say that that would pertain to everyone, but I certainly tell people, you know, it's not going to hurt you unless you, you, you hurt yourself and you're not doing it right, which is why I always say get a personal trainer. Because if you're like Ming and you've never lifted weights, I didn't know what I was doing. And it's so easy to do it wrong and hurt yourself. There's a lot of injuries in lifting if you don't know the proper form to take. So it's important to do that. And I will shout that to the world is it's so important to lift weights at any age. There've been uh, studies done of people in their nineties that do resistant resistance training and have had improved like crazy improvement and been able to get rid of their canes or their walkers. So, and we just, we didn't have those role models growing up of, of people, you know, taking fitness to this level where you're really able to reverse an osteopenia. But wouldn't it be wonderful if people, younger people, you know, in their 20s and 30s had this habit that they did the exercise and maybe, maybe, maybe they wouldn't ever get osteopenia or osteoporosis. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, if you don't try, how do you know? So I, I constantly am trying to shout to the world, you know, do this and do the weightlifting, have instruction with proper form, and you're going to reduce so many different health risks out there. You know, your heart is a muscle, so you got to pump that heart and get the blood flowing well the bones you balance balance is a huge issue as well so you want to try to do i saw something somewhere where they said can you um balance on one foot when you're 50 years old for 40 seconds and when you're 60 years old for 20 seconds and when you're 70 years old for 10 seconds you want to be close to a table or a counter or something to catch yourself but I don't want anybody hurting themselves, but try it. See where you stand in that that level. Um, balance. If you fall, you could break a bone. So, you know, these things are are just so important to practice on a day to day basis. Absolutely, and I agree. I think resistance training is incredibly important, and I think that it's like one of the major keys to longevity. I've done quite a lot of research with regards to longevity and 
muscle mass is one of the most important um, factors with regards to not slowing down your aging. Obviously, everyone ages at the same rate, but um, biologically aging it down. Um, but but I and, think that, that the muscle loss, um, it you don't lose muscle unless unless you don't use it. So exactly, yeah, you lose thirty percent of your lean muscle by sixty, and fifty percent by seventy. That's that's horrible. Uh, it's so you don't want to do that. You want to be able to open jars, and that's another thing is grip strength. You know, I saw my mom not be able to open something. I mean, that's that's terrible in this day and age to go to a grocery store and not be able to open it, or all the pill bottles are just so difficult. Or let me not say pill bottles, but unless needed, but supplements. Um, they're so difficult to, to handle. And I was just reading about um, grip strength is overall, um, it shows your overall health. And I was trying to, to read and find out why exactly they say that grip strength is the thing that is going to help you or show what health that you have. So it's interesting. Absolutely. And I know you've got insane grip strength. Um for more training <laughs> i saw some really really good strength well i work on it yeah, a lot to the truth. i take yeah. um well i have it right here if you're on video you can see i take this is what you get on broccoli when you go to the grocery store oh, no ways and i i no way. kind of an exercise when you're sitting and watching with an elastic band exactly no ways that's incredible i do that and then i have what i do where you go, you twist and you twist different ways. Um, but I do a lot of finger exercises. Um, I have right. arthritis. If I have like huge knuckles, they're like, I, I'm, if I didn't move them, I don't know where I would be. But <laughs> I am constantly trying to keep them active because I say, um, what do they say? Mus um, oh, they say they don't rust. Active muscles don't rust. <laughs> so that's what I try to do a lot. And then, you know, in Ninja Warrior, we hang by our fingertips on uh, the cliffhangers. So all of that, you know, hanging from a bar is great for your grip strength, too. I do a lot of that. I try to at least hold a minute um, hanging from a bar. Wow. A minute's very long to hold from a bar. It gets, but, yeah, yeah. I have you know. calluses to show it. Yeah, me me as well. They don't clean the bars at gym enough, and they always make my calluses really dirty, which is really nasty. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You have to shave them, actually, because if you don't shave them or keep them down because they get big, and then if you're doing laches, which is when you throw the bar behind you and catch another bar four or five feet, six feet, some people 10 feet, not me, but um, you can rip it. And then if you have a ripped callus, it's no good. No, that, 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 that is no good. I, I want to go back to your curing of your bone mineral density. I think you said it, or, or I, well, I know, so you didn't say, but it was only a two-year period that you'd been lifting weights that right. went from, from the condition, the diagnosis to Osteopenia. normal levels. Yes. And that's absolutely incredible. And like you mentioned, it might not happen to everyone, but I've seen, um, quite a bit of data at least anecdotally that has shown that people that do resistance training that gym and, and lift weights in particular they can reverse the bone mineral density declining and actually increase bone mineral, mineral density all the way through um many many years i guess and that's so important you don't want the bones to be uh too soft Brussels. Like I said, all you need to do is just fall the wrong way and you can fracture a bone. So these are things that, again, I wish started early that should just be a part of everybody's training is to do, you know, proper formed <laughs> uh, weight weightlifting. I wish I'd done it. You do. Everyone should do it. it it's, it's crazy that it's not more mainstream and like you said you're happy that it's becoming more mainstream and i agree i'm very stoked about the fact that now it's not just the gym bros it's everyone and um lots of like you mentioned in the 60s it wasn't um it was it was frowned upon to lift weights for for females and nowadays it's actually everyone should be lifting weights every human 
should be lifting weights. And that's an incredible transition that we've gone from. I would say it's a lot mental because these cultural norms are very difficult to get out of your head. And if you feel that you're going to get too bulky, it's like, well, I don't want to, you know, I'm not going to do that. But we have to get rid of stereotypes. Like it's not feminine to sweat or or you're going to get too bulky. Or like in reality, we didn't have here, and I don't know how, what it was where you are, but we didn't have lifting, power lifting until 1978 for women. Um, and Title, it's Title Nine, I think. Title Nine, is that the one where women's sports you couldn't discriminate against sex in sports? And that's when they started having, um, in colleges, they would have female sports teams. But you see, in '72, I was already in my twenties. So all that time growing up, you know, you have a whole different mindset. And it's hard to change that. And I think all of this, I think um, lifting or ninja or swimming, all these different kinds of sports, it's a lot mental. This is, this is what hurts us the most. That's what makes us quit. It makes us like, oh, I'm not going to try anymore. I can't do that. Instead, it should be, well, I can't do it now. Can't do it yet. But you can do it. It's just you've got to have that determination. You've got to have that, you know, not going to stop attitude and, you know, fight through the negativity that says, I can't do it, or I'm too old, or it's too late for me, or I used to, I can't now. You got to fight through that. And, um, but stop if you're starting to hurt, if you feel the bad hurt, yeah. you know, the good hurt and the bad hurt, the one that's, you're getting stronger and the one that like, oh no. You're in pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my shoulders sore. All these joints, they, you know, we have to take care of those joints so much. My daughter used to say, my daughter used to say she wanted to build armor around her joints to to protect them. Has she managed to do that? Oh, I think so. But, you know, she's had so many different surgeries. She's a risk taker. She's a, she's a stunt actress as well as a ninja. And uh, does. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of whiplash, a lot of a lot of crazy things that she goes through. But she's she's getting stronger again. She's gone through um, a couple of years ago. She did three different surgeries at the same kind of at the same time. She did knee, shoulder, and when that healed enough for her to be able to push herself up, she did the other shoulder. So she did those three huge surgeries in a year's time. Is, is that from being a, a stunt person or is that from Ninja Warrior or a combination of both? Uh, it's probably a combination of both. But yes, she initially uh, almost dislocated her shoulder. She did some tearing in Ninja Warrior in, a, in the competition. And so she was out for a while with all that. But, you know, injuries happen. Um, they're accidents. But you want to get as balanced um, as you can possibly get in your uh, training so that if you, you know, I always liken it to a tennis player or a baseball player. They're always hitting to the same side if they're, uh, you know, batting or using their racket. So you, in your training, you have to balance your body out because, well, we're not perfectly balanced anyway. So if you get imbalanced on one side, then you make up for it with the other and then you start to have injuries. So that's another good reason to, to have good training. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that tennis note, um, tennis is apparently the sport that promotes longevity the best out of every sport. The science says that tennis is the sport to play if you want to live long. Obviously, it's not. I thought it would be swimming. In general. I believe you do swimming. I believe you do. balance swimming. I think swimming. You, you say science says tennis is? Indeed. Indeed. Uh, the, I would think uh, swimming because you can do it for so long. Um I did, uh, yeah, I do a lot of competitive swimming, and I did uh, the uh, national games or Olympics, as they call it, and that's for people 50 and above. And I saw people in their 80s and 90s and hundreds. There's a lady in 100, 101 that are still swimming, and they have a good range of movement. So I don't know that you can play tennis that long. Um, my, my granddad is a um, 
octogenarian and there's four of them they're all 80 plus and they all go play doubles twice a wow. week and it's yeah. very cute but uh, that's I, nice. I don't that's good. what you mean i i don't think it's tennis to the level where it's um anything close to federal or nadal but it's it, it's you know they get out they move and yeah. and they hit the it's ball. all about they actually they actually do play two full sets of tennis which is it's not easy to to do that at at any age actually no tennis is in most exhausted and it's great cardio i um i had that's, to, so that's the thing yeah i had to uh be uh learn tennis take tennis lessons for a movie that i was in um well it's not a movie it's a tv series and so i uh have never seen anything so exhausting if you take a lesson for an hour and you're running around that court now this is singles uh it was totally exhausting. It is. That was my sport growing up was tennis. Um, my mom actually played um, for the University of South Florida. And, wow. And, and yeah, yeah, that's where she, she was based for university. Okay, nice. She was on the tennis team, yeah. Yeah, that's something to you... shout about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so... It took you three years to do 10 pull-ups, and that shows incredible determination. How many pull-ups can you do now? Uh, the most I've done is 17 strict pull-ups, but I have kind of haven't done them on a regular basis, so I would say around 12 to 15 is kind of what I have stayed at. I'd like to get to 20. I really would like to get to 20, so I'm going to start upping that again. It's really such a great upper body workout and strengthening. Um, and when you get to that one where you can't pull up anymore and you're just like, just like straining to get up, that's when you get your most strength. So I always think, just hold on for just a little bit longer. And then that's where I'm going to do the, the muscle growth, I hope. Exactly. That's that's exactly the point of, of failure, as it's known in the muscle yeah. muscle world. Yeah. So, uh, funny story. When I was doing, uh, I I climb ropes, and I was climbing uh, for the first time a really high rope. I was going up. I was about like at thirty five feet high with a harness this time, and my daughter was shouting down below. I could barely hear. Go one more. And so I'm thinking, okay, I, I haven't reached 40 yet. So, of course, I'm going to do that. So I, I take another two two pulls, get a little higher, and she goes, do one more. I'm like, what the heck? So there I do one more, two more. I mean, she's got to be satisfied now. And I asked her later, what? why did you say do one more after I made 40? And she said, because that's when you get the most strength. Just try to do one more. So I hear her little voice in my head as I'm doing pull-ups or whatever it is. Do one more. <laughs> so is it her voice in your head that helps you with mental resilience and um, mindfulness, that kind of thing? Is it your daughter's voice in the back of your head saying, come on, come on, you can do this? Is that is that what it is or what else? It, it? I think it's both of us. We, we have this absurd determination. It's like I can't, it's like a game. It's like a challenge. I can't let it get the best of me. So, yeah, I mean, I do hear that and do one more. That would definitely be her voice. But I think she would hear the same thing from me. <laughs> one more. <laughs> I think that's an excellent point that you made about gamifying it. Um, my honors research project was actually on gamification. And, and you sound like you've managed to use gamification techniques in real life and that's that's really interesting for me one of the big things i've found and made it more fun is that's exactly what we do is we make it fun so a lot of times when we're balancing it's like okay who can go the farthest who can do the most this who, let's go and see how many different grips we can do a pull-up on let's it's it it all becomes a game and fun. And it's so much more fun when you have a partner, which is another thing I tell seniors all the time is start walking and get a buddy because, you know, you got somebody to talk to and also that you you can't stop when they knock at the door and say, let's go. It's like you got, you know. An accountability you want, partner. You want to, yeah. And um, 
And then that partner might help you go the step further, like walk a little faster or a little farther. Or maybe, oh, one day you're going to put wrist weights on or ankle weight, you know. So you have, you know, these challenges and, and somebody to to learn and grow with. That's an excellent idea. And the studies have shown that working out with a partner leads to um, more significant gains than training by yourself. And that partner could be a personal trainer or a friend. They didn't, I don't think they specified in the study, but they showed that you, and again, it's all generalized, like not everyone's the same, but Correct. most people will get better gains working out with a partner. And be happier, hopefully. For sure, for sure. And it's more enjoyable, like you mentioned, and it's, it's cool to compete as well, as long as it's um, fun competition, I guess, as long as it's not too, like, oh, I hate that guy, I need to do better than yeah, right. just... that. Not, not, not the right energy. One... But again, that actually still might be good. One of the things in Ninja that I find so um, encouraging is that they always, at every competition I go to, they're so welcoming. And they, if you've never done it before and you're terrified, like, oh, my gosh, I'm the oldest one in here, they welcome you. They just think it's great that you're there. You, you got here. You tried, so you fell on that one. That's all right. You know, we've all fallen on the first obstacle at some point or another. And it's just such a welcoming community. And that's that's so important. Absolutely. And I think I might be completely misquoting, but I think it was Michael Jordan who said, look at a baby. They, they fall like 50 times. And you think, what, after the 50th time, they're just going to give up. Like, no, they keep trying. And that's super important. And baby steps and everything in life. Is I do say baby steps a lot to people. Yeah. Progressions, like don't try to do a salmon ladder the very first time or run up a warped wall because so many people will hurt themselves after not warming up. So it's, yeah, you want to you find a good progression to get to the next step. You know, maybe if you're learning a lache, you can just throw the bar and touch the next one or just, you know, one step at a time. So um, I was, no, I was just going to go to a different subject. And well, first of all, you, it sounds like you've done a lot of studies and scientific research. I'm going to have to pick your brain. Um, but I tend to do, like I said earlier, push-pull um, and leg day. And I try to do those... Um, so you have a day of rest in between so the muscle can grow. So you're you're basically, let's say you have a chest day where you're doing push-ups or something. You're you're working that muscle and you're you're doing micro tears. You can tell me if I'm right or not, because I think you you know the science better than me, but you're doing micro tears. So the day of rest gives it time to grow stronger. So you don't want to keep, you know, um, tearing micro tears every single day because it's going to take you so much longer. So that's why there's a day of rest if you're going to do the um, chest, um, triceps, shoulders one day, and then maybe uh, your back and biceps another day, um, legs another day. <clears throat> so you're working the whole body or abs. You can do that, and you can do cardio at, at the same time as you do all that too. So I usually say like three times a week um, for strength training and or five days for cardio and a day of rest, um, kind of as a general rule. Uh, some people do more, but you just, you need the day of rest too. And that's it. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think no, that totally will help you grow stronger, quicker. Absolutely. No, you, you, you need to be resting. Um, you don't need to be resting so long. Like for example, you mentioned that you do push pull legs. Um, a more optimal in terms of muscle growth, like you not training strictly for that, but the science has shown that trying to train a muscle twice a week is significantly better than training a muscle once a week. So for example, doing a chest day or, or training chest on Monday and Friday is better than just training chest on Wednesday, for example. But I totally agree. You don't want to train every single day. You need at least one, two, three or four days rest every single week in between oh okay yeah in between so if you can give your muscle 24 to 48 hours that that's great and then you it will it doesn't even have to be a specific time frame the the exact well not the exact science but what they recommend is um when you're ready when your muscle feels ready 
and you're not sore anymore, that's when you're ready to train it again, basically. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's all about listening to the body, which is not a not an exact science by any means, but that's what it's very important, you know, because we just, you know, I'm so close to getting an obstacle and you just want to get it so badly, but your muscles are sore and you're like, I try to tell myself, okay, let's go over and do some balance for a while. Like, let me just walk away from it because, you know, then you start to do damage and you don't want to do the injury and be out for longer. Yeah. If you're sore, stop. Like, oh, like if it's a, like, if you're not sure, rather just be safe in general. Obviously, it's not true for anyone. So everyone, like sometimes I'm feeling that's not, that's not feeling a hundred percent, but then I do it and it actually almost fixes itself because you're just, I don't know, but don't do it if it hurts. If it hurts, stop, stop that exercise, do a different exercise. Like I said, work on balance, do mobility, do something else. Well, I gotta say that I would say, you know, for being a senior, I've seen, we touched on this earlier, is I've seen so many people that are now working out so much more as they age. And I'm heartened by that. I see these senior games of, are amazing to watch somebody who is, you know, 90, 100 years old, breaking world records um, and staying active. I, 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 I love that. I wish they would show that more to the general public so that we would get that as our own way of living. And diet, of course, diet goes right along with it. You know, so once you start your program of exercise and whatever your passion is, and you commit to it and you make it a habit, then the diet comes along with it because you want to eat to be able to, you know, do more things. Perform. Yeah. So they fit together so well. Absolutely. And then you're exhausted, so you sleep. <laughs> it's a fantastic synergistic um, effect. It's a trifecta, like you mentioned, the sleep. I, I struggle to sleep if I don't exercise in the day because I've got so much energy and it's like I'm not tired and then you sleep badly and then the next day now you actually don't have energy because you messed up on your sleep. So it is important to try and get the different um, factors going um, when you can. Don't overdo it all at once. But like you said, they will pick up the more the more you get into your fitness journey. Right, right, yeah. So anyway, it's been a it's been a long journey, but um, I I just hope that uh, more seniors will will see from what I post or others like me, there are plenty of people that are out there at my age and older, and will decide to make that part of their routine in some way, even, even if it's only 20 minutes in the morning before they go to work. I think there's that period when people are raising their family and they're working and the exercise goes out the window. But, you know, there are plenty of people who who exercise with their kids. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, kids are not an excuse to to not exercise. In fact, um, I believe that a mother's fitness level directly correlates to their child's health. I've I've heard that. Yeah, mm. I've heard. That. I haven't seen that study. I, I've also heard that that's not something that I've seen in a, in an academic study. But I, I also saw that. Just a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. But that make that makes a lot of sense. That does for me. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, when you look at Jessie, so she's. Yeah, exactly. I did. I mean, she did. She did see me always exercising, and I did teach dance for a while when I was single. Um, so she, she, you know, got a lot of that into her system right then and there. As she did gymnastics when she was young, so I think that certainly gave her, you know, a one-upmanship when it comes to exercise. Absolutely, and a one-up on Ninja Warrior and being a stunt person doing gymnastics is a fantastic sport for those two um activities exactly yeah yeah many people believe that age limits physical ability what message would you like to convey to those people who think they are too old to start or excel in physical activity first and foremost you're never too old and it's never too late to chase the dream um and if you fall get up and try harder. 
uh, and say, make a commitment, be consistent, um, make it a habit, have fun with it. Um, you know, find what you like, um, have fun with it, be safe, make a plan and enjoy the process. Don't always go for the gold, but see what your progress has been. Um, so you need to take baby steps. And I always make attainable goals. Like when I went to the personal trainer, I went, I want to get five pull-ups. And I felt that that was doable. I didn't say a hundred pull-ups, I said five. So, you know, you may not want to go in and say, I want to lose 40 pounds right away. Uh, that's a long-term goal, but I mean, you got to give yourself, you know, the step-by-step. -step. Um, we can... We can accomplish a lot more than we think we can, but you'll never know if you don't try. Uh, I would say to seniors to, to get up, to start walking, to walk a little faster, get the heart pumping, um, to find that sport or, or just exercise that you enjoy. Find somebody to do it with. Don't let the negativity uh, creep in and don't compare yourself to others. It's, you know, you, it's, it's you want to do a little bit better each time. Um, so I, I think if you like keep at it, you can make what seems impossible possible. Don't give up after six months. Isn't that what the studies say? People think absolutely, maybe three most months. people give up. Yeah, I think it's even, I think it's after the first month. Um, most people give up. Yeah, um, yeah. And like you mentioned, you you only saw gains after I think you said seven months. I noticed. Well, you noticed at seven months. People, people noticed. Oh, people, other people. Yeah, they said, "Well, you look like you're getting more toned and more defined." And I went, "Yeah," and that that was just at seven months, but that was huge. That kept me going. That's an awesome feeling. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely. Was. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I. I hope um, that I can inspire women, men, all ages. Um, I'd like to be a role model for my my grandchildren so that they can see what's possible. And I, how old are they? Hmm? What was that? How old are they? Oh, um, how old? Uh, my granddaughter is eight years old, and my uh, grandson is one year old. So. Oh wow. So we'll get him hanging from a bar pretty soon. <laughs> so. Are these Jesse's kids? No, my son has two. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. That oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I don't know the family dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's right. Yeah. So um, let's let's keep trying to get the message out there around the world. Uh, I don't know what is the dynamic in. If you mind my asking, in South Africa, do you does everybody it? Are they like in the U.S. where they, you know, overindulge, let's say? What, what is the level of fitness that you see? Um, so the level of fitness that I see is a very elite level because that's just my kind of sphere that I'm in. I'm in the fitness. I love fitness. I gym five, six times a week. I've played I've grown up playing tennis yes. and squash and sport my whole life. So I was at a very um, sporty school. I was a sporty kid. So from my perspective, my individual perspective, I see South Africans as incredibly fit. And you see the rugby, you see the cricket, you see the top athletes. And they, they really, yes. sport is a huge, huge culture in South Africa. Right. I believe, I believe that the statistics show something different. So that's my very small and group of people um from where i've grown up in my situation but i think the general statistic is that obesity is well on the rise um malnutrition is huge because unfortunately um we have a very big income gap that we suffer from a lot of poverty and um the, that poverty unfortunately leads to really bad diets um and a lack of resources to be able to gym and train and that kind of thing and um these people, most of them are struggling to survive. So the last thing on their mind is fitness and being uh, healthy. And it's really, it's awful and terrible and really sad, but I feel like these people have more, um, not more important because I think fitness is very important, but that it's not a priority at the moment for them. And it, it is something that South Africa needs to change. And um, the only way we're going to change it is with 
huge government uh, intervention and new policies, basically. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think in the 60s uh, in the U.S., there was a big push towards physical activity. So they did start a whole program in all the schools. But then with budget costs and stuff, that went away. Uh, but I think that kind of a thing would be very helpful. Um, now, when I was growing up, I never did sports. Like I said, it, it, yeah. I mean, we didn't have many for women in in high school. Um, I think there were only three different sports for, for women. And I'd never been in a gym until I was 63. So that's that's my main message to to you know, seniors is it's never too late because, you know, sometimes you think you can't grow muscle when you're older, but you can't. So, you know, whether you've stopped working out or you never did work out, you definitely can get that going right now at any time, preferably as young as possible. But then as you age, you know, you can always start. It's just never too late. Absolutely. What were those three sports available to females? The three. This was just in my my uh, mm. community. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. It was uh, volleyball, track, and swimming. Now, the swimming wasn't in the pool, in the school. It, they had to travel out to do the swimming. But I never did any swimming of uh, in a sport-related uh, activity. So I was a majorette in high school. So I was active. That was the kind of thing. Mostly, I think for women, the big thing was cheerleading, majorette, that kind of a thing. But not, okay. not, not. I'm sure there were people that played tennis, but it wasn't, uh, you know, competitive. I understand. I love your message of um, strength is ageless, and you can build strength at any age. Um, and I like that you say age and experience should not be a barrier. And I love the way that you use baby steps to make the impossible possible. I think that's truly inspiring. Yeah. Thanks. Well, there, and believe it or not, Abe Lincoln, who was one of our presidents, said it's not the years in your life that count. It's the life in your years. I like that one, too. I think that's simple but very succinct. Um, and I think the strength also comes from within. You know, the outer muscles show all the hard work, but the inner strength is what gives you the driving force. So that's, you know, that's something I don't know that you can be taught, but if you're taught that you can chase that dream, if you're taught that that is possible, then perhaps you can build that strength, that inner strength. Absolutely. And what are your plans for the future? Okay, well, I'll go on American Ninja Warrior again because I have to get past, you know, the second obstacle. <laughs> so at some point I will. I don't know if I, I won't this next year because that's already been filmed. Um, I will, I've got some ideas for doing some more Guinness records. So I just have to apply them and see if they will accept them. Um, I want to keep doing my personal best in swimming. I really like, I think I like competition because you'll, I mean, it seems like I, I'm competing in every direction I go to. So it's like a personal goal. But in swimming, I'm swimming against myself. I want to keep getting better. And like ninja, like tennis, like everything, there are so many things to learn about it to get better. So I hope I keep getting better because I'm not sure what I'm going to do if I don't keep getting better. That would be that would be a tragedy. <laughs> I'm just kidding now, but it does help you keep going. Um, I also want to do some more rock climbing. I, I do enjoy that, bouldering and rock climbing. Uh, so I think I think you just I still want to get stronger. I think that that probably just about wraps it up. <laughs> 100%. Those are some awesome goals. And I look forward to hearing about these new world records. And um, I'm sure you're going to achieve everything that, that you want to. And you're going to get those goals for swimming. Um, I'm very glad that the times have changed from from the 60s and that people are now encouraged to work out. And uh, my message, I obviously want to get your message out of this, but 
to the to the female thinking they're going to get too bulky um most men try their whole lives to get too bulky you're not going to get too bulky by accident um well i mean i mean maybe like not a strong bulky i mean like like muscly bulky um if you do please let me know and tell me your training plan how i want it um and uh oh my training you know, I, plan for for what for not getting too bulky no, no, no. So if someone uh, if someone figures out how to get too bulky by mistake, I want I want to know, oh. know about it. Okay. And then I I I think it would be awesome to show more um older people doing doing games, doing activities, and um it should be televised and shown more often than than it is. I totally agree. I think the Masters, Olympic Games, those kind of things should be a, a way bigger deal than than they are at the moment. I would agree with that. Definitely. Definitely. As, as, as we see more and more older people doing more sports, it doesn't have to be extreme like ninja, but sports in general, uh, are just going to make you feel better. They give you more confidence, uh, and self-esteem. Um, you're just capable of doing more things. And, and I think I think it certainly would raise people's spirits. Exactly. There, there are good examples of that, like yourself, like the um, Masters, the Wimbledon guys, those guys, as well as bodybuilders now, eighty in the eighties and nineties, going on shows, and that the all of you are incredibly, incredibly inspiring. Um, what advice or parting words of wisdom do you have for our listeners who are looking to embark on their own journey of muscle growth and health? Oh, wow. So, um, well, never too late, never too old. Uh, uh, strength is ageless. Um, the body doesn't break down just because we age, uh, that we need to, uh, constantly work on movement. Uh, it, it starts slow and just move more and more each day. If you go, you know, a block one day, then maybe the next day you can go further and further and and uh, get the heart going, get the muscles working. But work on balance is so important. Work on your grip strength. Get those rubber bands out. <laughs> um, I think that any kind of movement is going to be good for you. I think also to work on the diet, uh, get the sleep, uh, and you're going to feel better for it and you're it's going to determine the quality of your life so yeah so i i think also i have a saying that i i like a lot too and it's by winston churchill and it's success isn't final failure isn't fatal it's the courage to continue that counts goodbye gains gurus thank you for listening and see you on the next episode of tm gp